There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. That, of course, former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. It never gets old. It is actually the most brilliant metaphor for what the Citizens United case means that I've ever heard. And our next guest. I'd never thought about it, but it's absolutely true. It's exactly right. Because of the anonymous donors, it's all about known unknowns in the 2010 election. Or unknown unknowns. And unknown unknowns that we may find out. And we're counting on you, Paul Blumenthal, senior writer for the Sunlight Foundation, to make some of those unknowns knowns. Good morning once again. That's pretty brilliant, I think. Well, thanks for having me on. All right, very good. We're going to get a nice, polite response there. But we need to know what the Sunlight Foundation is to begin with because it sounds a little bit like Moms for Motherhood and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, well, we are a nonpartisan nonprofit that advocates for transparency in government. And uh, transparency is exactly what uh, the Citizens United case calls for, but because of certain loopholes in the law, a lot of people have been able to give anonymously. Can you describe the mechanism whereby people can anonymously give and how it passes through to the campaigns? Sure. So this happens basically under certain parts of the tax code where people are allowed to create educational nonprofits. And the Supreme Court Citizens United decision allowed these educational nonprofits to be able to run advertisements advocating for or opposing candidates for election, which they previously were not allowed to do. Now, these organizations, being nonprofits, don't have to disclose their donors to the public, but they can still use millions of dollars of unlimited money to influence elections. And this is sort of where we are now. Well, we want to take apart this idea of influence. But what do you think is the bigger headline in 2010, the amount of money or the anonymity of the money, as you've just described it there? I think that they're both very important. The anonymity is certainly the biggest takeaway that, you know, when we come to next week, next Wednesday, when the election is over, we'll still have a big question mark hanging over the election of who was influencing what election when there's millions of dollars being dropped on huge Senate races in Colorado and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Washington state. And we don't really know who is trying to influence those elections and those outcomes. Well, distinguish then between someone like the Koch brothers who own Georgia Pacific, who have huge sort of influence in uh, industrial companies. They own a lot of industrial companies. They have Uh, a vested interest in environmental laws and keeping uh, regulations down for certain of their companies and have openly disclosed this, they are presumably, by spending all this money on the Tea Party, buying some sort of future promise that a Republican Congress will go slow on some of those uh, legislative programs. Uh, That's clear to me, and it's been reported on. But somebody who writes a $7 million check like this uh, uh, magnate down in uh, Texas, Bob Perry, who's a housing magnate, you know, what's he getting in, in this huge pool of money? Well, I think in a lot of, of these cases, um, these are people who may legitimately believe in a smaller, limited government. And that is what they are looking to support is a party that believes the same thing that they do. At the same time, if you have millions of dollars to spare, you're probably also looking for lower tax rates on the upper income brackets, which the Republicans support, 
uh, lower estate taxes so you can pass your money on to your children or grandchildren, which the Republicans support, and other policies along those lines. Now, that could be a chicken and egg situation. Are they looking to influence that, or do they know that that's what they're going to get when they help elect a certain political party? Well, Paul Blumenthal of the Sunlight Foundation, let me ask you, one of the big boogeyman, and it was something raised by uh, President Obama during his State of the Union address, was the idea that foreign companies, as he said, would be able to spend, I think he said, without limit in our elections, that they would be bankrolled by foreign entities. Is that a known unknown, whether or not the, the, there are foreign companies donating, or maybe an unknown unknown? I think it's more of the latter. I think the real question, the real problem is that there are undisclosed donors here domestically. And whether it's foreign money, which foreign-based companies who operate in the United States have been able to spend money on political action committees for years, whether it's Toyota or Honda or another organization that has an overseas base, um, you know, this has been going on for a while in a way. And the fact that we just don't even know where the money is coming from within the United States is just as big of a problem. Okay, maybe it's a little bit scary. We don't know where the money is coming from. But let me just, you know, throw some storm clouds in here on the Sunlight Foundation and completely rain on your parade. Hey, Toyota employs Americans, okay? Uh, There's lots of money in the campaign in 2010. There's a lot of interest in this election. Speech equals money, according to the Supreme Court. Hey, This is democracy at work. We should all be happy about this. Stop making a big depressive sort of narrative here. Well, the Supreme Court has ruled numerous times that money equals speech. And if that's the case in this situation, then the real issue is whether the money should be disclosed or not, which the Sunlight Foundation and millions of other Americans believe that it should be. And whether it's coming from an employee at a Toyota factory or to most of these organizations, and in most cases, it's a handful of millionaires or billionaires who are funding them. And it would be nice to know who this uh, shadow oligarchy is that's trying to influence our elections. Well, is the shadow oligarchy uh, these guys as well? Listen. They say you're too old. Too old for what? Getting older doesn't mean slowing down, and it doesn't mean you have to be out of shape. More people over 50 are working out and feeling great, and they're doing it at Gold's Gym. So, Paul Blumenthal, Gold's Gym is a contributor, and, uh, you know, if they're looking for a tax uh, deduction for treadmills, is is that a a legitimate functioning of the uh, political process? Well, the the owner of Gold's Gym, who owns something I believe called TRT Holdings, which is what owns Gold's Gym, contributed money to the American Crossroads group. The Carl Rove group. uh, Yeah, the Carl Rove Connected group. And um, is he looking for something directly related to Gold's Gym or something directly related to his bottom line? Uh, I don't know quite what the answer is there. That's a great question. And and it's one of the known unknowns uh, in in this uh, 2010 election. Paul Blumenthal, thanks so much. Senior writer for the Sunlight Foundation, nonpartisan, nonprofit, advocating for transparency in government and in political contributions. Paul Blumenthal, thanks so much. Thank you. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. 
there's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.